Well, welcome to Vision Sunday 2024. Still getting used to that number? I'm not. Every year, the first Sunday in February, we have Vision Sunday. And it's a time for us to to look back and celebrate what uh, God has done in the previous year, to look where we are right now, um, and to get a glimpse of, of the future as a church. If you've ever surfed in the ocean, if you ever body surfed or board, body boarding, you know, that little foam thing that you jump on and you kind of surf there. If you ever had any type of those type of experience in the ocean, you will know that it is hard work, but incredibly fun. It is exciting and exhausting at the same time, especially when the waves just keep coming and coming. You catch one and you ride it in to the shore and you swim back out and do it again and again and again. Now, in 2000 to 2005, um, when I was a high school pastor in Southern California, we took students to Huntington Beach Pier all the time. And I began to really observe these uh, experienced surfers or bodyboarders and and they, they would kind of sit as things were calm and, and they would look out on the horizon and just look. And I'm like, what are they looking at? And then I would see a wave coming. I'm like, oh, they're going to jump on that. And it would just pass by. They wouldn't ride every wave. They just kept looking out on the horizon. And then a whole bunch of them would turn and just start paddling toward the shore and then here comes the sets of waves again and again and again. They were expert readers of the water, and they would ride these waves in. And then there would be a pause, and they're out there on their boards. They're out there floating, and they're looking at the horizon and waiting and waiting for the next set of waves to come. In churches, we could go uh, years with seeing few and far between waves. They come, but maybe they're spaced out. And then there's times when a set of waves just come and come and come, where ministry is growing and ministry is exciting and lives are being changed. Now, when I came here in 2005, the summer of 2005, to be the lead pastor here at our church, Um, As I look back, experience has taught me that there were a number of years, many years, where the ways were few and far between as God was doing what he was doing in our church. But the last several years, I have seen more waves, consistent sets of waves come over and over and over again in the last, uh, compared to the previous 16 years. We're going to talk about that today in Vision Sunday. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 17. 2 Chronicles 17. We'll eventually get there. We're going to look at some ways that we can celebrate here at what God has done here in and through Grace Point Church. Now, for centuries, for centuries after Jesus came, died on the cross, rose again, ascended back to heaven, for centuries, in order to hear a message delivered from God's word, people would have to go to that place. And recently, with technology, 
that is changing. Now, still people come. Thank you that you chose to actually come today in person. But people um, are, are, have, a, have a lot of different varieties of how to receive the message. In the past, people would have to gather to receive a message. But today, we are seeing people gather, but also we are bringing the message to many people. For all those of you watching online, I'm talking about you. And uh, we're excited for that. So I'm going to show you one of the waves, one of the first waves, is how our ministry reach has increased in 2023. Here's some numbers here. Every number has a name. Every name has a story, and every story is important to God. But God has expanded the reach of Grace Point Church. Physical attendance, like on campus here on a Sunday, on a weekend, our averaging per week, uh, weekend is 1,042. Online attendance, this has been very steady, very steady, growing, but steady, about 676 on average over the weekend with, with a combined reach of 1,718. Now, since, I know this is a small sample, small sample, but since grand opening, here is just a, a snapshot of where we've been, seeing the increase of to 1094, online 786, combined of 1880. Can we just give God thanks for what he is doing to reach people? Now, the, I, I like those numbers, but the next set is, uh, for me, super exciting, the most important, is that we've seen salvations increase this past year. Seen in-person gatherings, whether services or ministries or camps, um, 109 people uh, declared that Jesus Christ is now their Lord and Savior. They trusted him for their salvation. Can we praise God for that? 109. We have had 57 individuals. We have their names. We have their emails. We have their ages. Uh, 57 people who have trusted in Jesus Christ through our online worship experience. Can we praise God for that? So I went through that list because uh, all of our uh, platforms, if you know, if you say yes, it's Jesus, you're trusting in Jesus, it's very clear what we're talking about. They can click there, fill out the information. So I went through it a few weeks ago. In uh, Part of the 57 online uh, salvations include people in Bremerton, Silverdale, Paulsbow, um, Port Orchard, Bainbridge Island. That's kind of like our surrounding area. I also saw that in our extended area, people have said yes to Jesus. That is Gig Harbor, Belfair, Port Ludlow, and even Oak Harbor. All right? Okay, extended area. Then beyond that, people have said yes to Jesus from South Carolina, Florida, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Nebraska in 2023. Isn't that awesome? In fact, two weeks ago, uh, we received a, just a beautiful email from Lori from Nebraska. Lori, if you're watching, she's been watching very faithfully. I'm talking about you. She, she wrote, because when, when they say yes to Jesus, we uh, send them an email list of here's some uh, uh, steps to begin your walk with Jesus. Here's things to learn. Here's things to read. It's very, it's all laid out there. And she, and Lori said she was just, she trusted in Jesus and she's just eating up all the, that material and she's growing in her faith. So praise God for that. And also compared, you know, to 2020, uh, 2022, 
Uh, we, we, we saw an increase even in baptisms where they come and go public. We saw 70 individuals go public with their faith in Jesus Christ. And beyond that, there's, there's hundreds of men and women and teenagers who outside of Sunday gatherings, outside of um, normal you know, gatherings, they're growing in their faith by taking classes, discipleship classes, et cetera, et cetera. Another huge wave that we just recently experienced was our grand opening of our new, brand new uh, kids center and downstairs youth center. Completely remodeled, uh, downstairs was brought back to life, uh, upstairs completely transformed. And we had, starting two years ago, we had a target to raise $1.9 million to pay cash for these, these two areas of ministry. And we are right there. I mean, it's like a few, you know, few thousand dollars away from hitting the $1.9 million mark. Praise the Lord for that. Thank you for giving. So, so uh, the Horizon Initiative actually wraps up at the end of this month. Um, I know uh, what, what we, we have scheduled and, uh, through our bank is, is still happening. Um, finishes up at the end of this month. Now we were gonna roll right into, uh, this was Horizon 1A, we're gonna we were gonna roll into Horizon 1B, but we have decided to take a pause for one year. Take your pause for one year. Now, if you have been giving, or if you would you say, hey, I'm, I'm late to the party, uh, how, how can I be a part of it? Uh, you, you can contribute online, it's all still there, uh, called Horizon, because uh, we w raised the 1.9, just like we prayed and targeted and got answered. But with every construction project, if you've ever done anything around your house, if you built the house or remodeled anything, there's always cost overruns and over um, overruns and and so overages. And so we pay are paying cash for the overages of about 250,000. Uh, that's not bad considering the magnitude of 1.9. But so. Uh, uh, any, if anybody would like to continue or jump in, uh, you'll help us kind of uh, pay back our reserves as we prepare down the road for Horizon 1B. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 17, we are introduced to a new king by the name of King Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. Uh, after Solomon died, the nation, uh, the Jewish nation split into two. You had the northern kingdom called the king of uh, or the nation of uh, Israel and the southern kingdom was the nation of Judah. Jehoshaphat was the one of the kings of Judah, but he was one of the rare kings who actually chose to follow and obey the Lord like King David did. Again, one of the rare kings that chose to do that. And his obedience resulted in waves of God's blessing in his life, but also in the nation of Judah. So let's read a little bit about what he did. Chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. It says, Jehoshaphat, his son, succeeded him as king, strengthened himself against Israel, the nation of Israel. They were still fighting amongst each other. Verse 2. He stationed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and put garrisons in Judah and in the towns of Ephraim that his father Asa had captured. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat 
because he followed the ways of his father David before him. He did not consult the Baals, but sought the God of his father and followed his commands rather than the practices of Israel. Look at verse six. His heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Furthermore, he removed the high places and the Asherah poles from Judah. Jump down to verse 10. The fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land surrounding Judah so that they did not go to war against Jehoshaphat. Turn the page to chapter 19, verse 4. 19, verse 4. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people. I mean, he physically went out to see the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim. And don't miss this. And turned them back to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. He appointed judges in the land and in each of the fortified cities of Judah. He told them, consider carefully what you do. Because you are not judging for mere mortals, but for the Lord who is with you wherever, whenever you give a verdict. Now let the fear of the Lord be on you. Judge carefully. For with the Lord, our God, there is no injustice or partiality or bribery. In Jerusalem also, Jehoshaphat appointed some of the Levites, priests, and head of the Israelite families to administer the law of the Lord and to settle disputes. And they lived in Jerusalem. He gave them orders. You must serve faithfully and wholeheartedly in the fear of the Lord. See, Jehoshaphat made some major changes. Major changes. And the obedience to the Lord brought the waves of blessing to him as a king and to the nation of Judah of turning their hearts back to the Lord, having them reject Baal worship. It was a very perverted um, idolatry that came from, from the north, from Lebanon. And uh, the Asherah poles and the high places, those were those Baal worship centers. And there was temple prostitutes. I mean, it was, it was so crazy into sexual sin. And he destroyed all of those. I'm sure that wasn't popular. But he said, we're going to honor God. We're going to obey God. And then he fortified the cities. And then he said, judges. Like, you're not going to judge like mere human beings. You're judging for the Lord. And he laid down the law. This is how you are to judge according to the Lord. And he sent out priests to teach them the law of God. And God stopped the surrounding nations from attacking Judah. God's waves of blessing came upon him and his people. Now, if you've ever been to the beach and you jumped on the water, you're surfing or body surfing or, or, or just hanging out, uh, the waves are, they're awesome. I mean, it's the sound, the sound of crashing. It's kind of like when you're at the, we're at a campfire, what do you do? You just look at the flames. You don't know, I'm just looking at the flames. If you're at the beach, I don't know about you, my wife and I were just looking at the waves and the sound and the crashing and the white foam, and it's just kind of mesmerizing. And uh, you're, you're on there, you don't realize that with the, the uh, sets of waves coming, there's also kind of a hidden danger. It's called riptides. 
riptides. Riptides are those strong kind of, you know, under the waves, um, you know, current from the shore back out to the ocean. And they're very unsuspecting. And, and, and they're not realizing that, that it slowly builds up into incredible power and it could take some, an unsuspecting swimmer or someone that, you know, surfing or body surfing or bodyboarding without them realizing all of a sudden they're getting sucked out hundreds or even thousands of feet from the shore. It'd be deadly. It'd be deadly. Now, the average beachgoer, which I would be in that category, the average beachgoer is, is really not aware of the danger. But a skilled lifeguard he sees what's happening and he knows what to look for and he can immediately take action why because he knows what what to look for uh, the people even in the water are, most of them at, at least at the beginning are, are clueless of what what danger is lurking underneath the waves uh, i listened to a podcast recently of a pastor who went on vacation with his family down to the coast and uh, they, they got, gathered on the beach, put all their, all their towels, and him and his preteen son went out and grabbed a bodyboard and, and uh, put, you know, put the strap on their ankle and swam out there and, and kind of rode the waves back in. And they just were having the blast, just hitting the wave, crashing on the shore, going back out, doing it again and again. And this pastor, this father, was saying that he soon realized, wait a second, we're, we're paddling as fast as we can to get to shore and catch a wave, but we're, we're being pulled backwards. So he was like, hey, we've got to paddle harder, paddle harder, keep going the same direction, paddle harder. And then he, he was getting exhausted. Then they realized, wait a second, I'm in a riptide. This, this, isn't, this is not fun. And he, he got his preteen son somewhere close to him. I don't know how he secured him because he didn't want his son to get in trouble. And then he just kept paddling and kept kicking under the, underneath the waves. And now he's starting to get worried. He's on the verge of panic. And then he remembered, don't keep going the way you've been going. You've got to change courses and swim parallel to the shore to get out of a riptide. So he's doing that, and pretty soon a big wave picks them up, pushes them beyond the riptide, back to the shore, and they come, come to the beach. He gets to the back to their like their base station with all their family and 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 towels, and he drops to his knees, absolutely exhausted. And his preteen son said this, "That was awesome." And this pastor said he thought to himself. We could have died. We could have died. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, unbeknownst to King Jehoshaphat, an unexpected riptide had been gathering steam, gathering momentum. Chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Meunites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Haz Hazazon, Tamar, that is, in Gedi. 
If you ever go to Israel, you've got to go to En Gedi. We've been there. It's not that far. It's like an hour drive to Jerusalem. These three armies, kind of from the southeast, you know, away from Jerusalem, on the other side of the Dead Sea, had been building up plans for months, had been gathering their forces, gathering equipment, and then have been en route for a while. And they're about two days away from Jerusalem. He didn't expect it. Didn't see it coming. You see, he had been seeing the blessings of God, but not aware of what was around the bend. At Grace Point Church, we have been celebrating waves of blessing for the last number of years, and we give God all the glory for that. We've had numerical growth. We've had salvation growth, baptism growth, uh, the number of people that um, are in a regular Bible study or discipleship outside of Sunday morning is, is absolutely, absolutely incredible. We've been uh, blessed financially with giving and then above and beyond giving for Horizon. The waves of blessings have been coming and coming and coming. Several months ago, we came to realize that below the waves was a growing financial riptide. It slowly began in September, continued into October and November, and began to really show itself in December and even into early January. Now, if you're new at Grace Point Church, I'm sharing this because we try our best to be upfront, transparent with um, in all that we do. And we recently, a few weeks ago, had a, a church business meeting. We always have that in December. And we share details of this with those who were there. Um, great questions were asked. Concerns were shared. And I remember several people said, um, how can we pray? And if we would have known earlier, we could have prayed. But things were happening very fast, uh, late, the middle to late December. The two main areas of this riptide, full disclosure, was one of them was as we start our ministry year in September, September all the way through August, that's our ministry year, uh, ministries spent uh, more than typical but more um, typical than, you know, at the beginning of the fall. Now, there, who, there's reasons why the things were more expensive. We, uh, our, our electric bill is like your electric bill, inflation and all that. But ministries were, again, spending more. Now, they're in their budget, but the budget is a 12-year budget. Um, so, but more was spent. Whether there's assumption of we're fine, money's coming in, where, hey, it's in my budget, so I, I can do that. I can spend it. So that was one of the main areas of concern, what causes of the riptide. But then there was the high expense in the fall to replace our failing sound system in this auditorium. When we built this auditorium, building it in 2013, 14, and opened the doors in 15, uh, we didn't have the money to, for a brand new system, so we did what we, what we had money for. We bought a used system that's um, 
been a challenge for the years. Thankfully, in, in during, during COVID, we were placed complete, a complete mess of speakers and upgraded them. Um, so we've been, you know, it's been a deal. It's been coming and growing and fixing and repairing, fixing and repairing. The plan was in June of 2023, let's wait to, to get past uh, grand opening, um, then um, deal with deal with the sound system. But in September, we went from a struggling system to a crashing system where it would completely shut down. Board would turn off without anybody touching it. And it happened, uh, it was increasing in September. In October, it became worse. We got an assessment from the same company we hired to put in the sound system in our children's center and, and the same company that also did the, the youth center as well. Got an assessment from them. Um, they said, you can't fix anything anymore. It is what it is. It could go at any time. It was terminal. The last two weeks in October, our elders gathered. We met, we prayed, looked at our financial information that we had at the time and made a decision to put in a new system. The biggest fear that I had, others had, but I had was Sunday services were now being in question. The fear was system could crash right before service or during a service and we would have no audio and really no service online. Now, why did it take so long for us to realize this financial riptide was happening? Well, like, like every month, um, there's a lag of uh, where, our, where our finances and spending because you got to get all the receipts by the end of the month, insert them into you know our, our accounts and QuickBooks, et cetera, et cetera, and and then take that information and give it to our outside CPA, get other eyes on it, and then they look at it, and then they it finally gets completed. Then the, the 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 whole information for that month is given. You know, to the elders to look at, which we go through uh, every page. So that sometimes that's a, on average, that's like a, we're a month behind because of all the work that it takes to actually get an accurate printout of where we are. Um, this fall, we had some unusual um, extra lags in time. Uh, the, the, the main person who enters all of that and gives information to this CPA um, came home from vacation in the fall and got really sick. I mean, it, like really sick for a week. She recovers, and right after that, it's audit season and all of the hours that go into audit. So there was some some lag there, just information, the where we were to catch things. Another reality was uh, that it took us long to realize what was going on was was that our financial lifeguard was on sabbatical no fault to his own no fault to his own Bob has the best understanding of the big picture and he catches things early he sees things that most don't see um, I held off calling him on sabbatical I wanted to honor his sabbatical and not derail it with this situation. If I could go back 
I would call him. Just the magnitude of it. Knowing that he would, always, as he always does, give sound counsel and strategy. In a different way, maybe, to handle the situation, given the cost. So his sabbatical wasn't derailed, but his return was. And our response to what was what all, all the a bunch of storms hit in the same time, his our response would have been quicker. But they were derailed as well as our financial margin was de- derailed. Now I take responsibility for this um, because ultimately I'm responsible. Again, if I could do it again, I would, I would risk derailing his sabbatical if I could do it again. Now, the result, and some of you at the business meeting, you heard um, the situation. But uh, we, since then, I mean, right after that, we've made a hard course, not continuing the same way, hard course of action and of uh, we have some holes, you know, uh, hirings, hirings we love to do. We put a hiring freeze. We put a spending freeze on lots of areas, spending reductions on others. Um, and then a but the budget has been completely recast. So that's why, if you saw the screens beforehand, we have a special business meeting two Sundays from now after the last service. So here is the, you know, to our voting members, to here is the recast budget. So the challenge that was given at the business meeting, the closing challenge, was the same given to our elders. The closing challenge was the same with our elders and with our staff immediately after we gathered our staff. It's the same challenge that Jehoshaphat brought to his people. So look at chapter 20. Verse 3, after hearing the news of these three armies are right around the corner. It says, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came and together to, came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. That's been the challenge. We're going to go to God. We're going to go to God. Now, been lots of work on, uh, also on the side, but so let's go to God. So what, when the people all came in Jerusalem from these little towns coming to the city of Jerusalem, they're all together outside the temple, and King Jehoshaphat is going to pray out loud. For all to hear. So he begins praying. This is a very passionate prayer. Of reminding God who he is or reminding God who the enemy is. But in verse 12, I'm going to put it on the screen here. In verse 12, he says this to God. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And this, this whole principle could be be replayed in all of your lives and all your situations when you just don't know what to do. He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, God. Our eyes are on you. So that has been the challenge. The positives out of this situation is seeing elders and staff and others driven to God like never before. 
is awesome. Also, in conversations with some of our staff, I see a, a drive to how do we do budgeting different? How do we do spending? When do we spend certain things? Let's think about it differently. My prayer for our like church staff is we don't put all the pressure on one lifeguard or two, but we have different eyes to see any warning that may be happening. Now, I'm confident, even though it's not in Scripture, okay, this is just my assessment of his leadership of fortifying all the cities and helping them out. I'm pretty confident that after the situation that takes place in chapter 20, Jehoshaphat most likely made sure that the south, southeast front was better prepared so they weren't surprised again. So there's always something positive things to learn. So as we get ready to land this plane, I want to. Here's our challenge to our Grace Point family in the room and online as well. First of all, celebrate the waves. It's not ever take for granted when God's moving, when God's blessing, when God's changing lives, people are getting saved, all that. Celebrate the waves. But I want to challenge us to then collectively pray. So I wrote down some things, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write down exactly what to pray for. When I'm done with this slide, if you don't have that, take a picture of it or take a screenshot online, and I'm going to give a 30-day challenge for our Grace Point family, 30-day challenge. Here's our prayer challenge. To pray, as our elders said just the other night, that we need to pray that we continue our mission and vision. That hasn't changed. We're here, we exist to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Our vision is we want, to, we want to reach and disciple 2,000 people for Jesus Christ. That hasn't changed. So pray that we continue that. But specifically, pray for wisdom of all of our leaders, of our ministry leaders. How do we approach things wisely? Pray for wisdom. Pray for protection, God's protection and God's provision. And the last one is the same uh, goal that we've had since we started Horizon Project is to see an increase of 150 new giving units. People who are new to Grace Point, not a part of our kind of our financial, you know, foundation here to say, hey, God is blessing us through the ministries here at Grace Point. We're going to be in and new, new giving units forming. So if you can take a picture of that or go back online and take a screenshot 30 days, set your clock, whatever that is between you and God. And I challenge you, if Grace Point if Church is your home, pray these things. Now, we still have other plans. We're working on a third service uh, kind of plan. Well, that's going to come later. But right now, we need you to pray for 30 days. Now, if you read the rest of chapter 20, it has a crazy ending. It has a God ending. And God said to Jehoshaphat, go face your enemies. I mean, go, go out and face them. So they, they started down the path in the direction of the armies coming up. And then Jehoshaphat assigned worship leaders to sing praises to God as the enemy is approaching. And worship became a weapon. And God did an amazing God-like victory. So we're going to close this service by worshiping.
and praise him. Would you stand, stand with me as I pray? God, you are the same God who worked in the Old Testament and New Testament. You're the same God today. God, in the life of our church, you're the, you're the same God who helped us build in 1994 when we didn't have all the money, but you brought it in. God, you're the same God in 2008 when the economy was crashing and it was challenging here. You, God, you carried us through. God, you're the same God in 2013 and 14 when we didn't have the money to build this auditorium and, and lobby, but you carried us through. And God, you're the same God during COVID that protected our church and blessed. And God, you're the same God today. And Lord, we pray that as we as a family be, the, be resolved to inquire of you and to pray to you and keep our eyes on you, um, God, we trust in you. We trust in you. Help us, give us wisdom to do what we do even better. So we trust in you, God. So today we celebrate that you're the same God and we cry out to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.